Come on, can we lift up our hands all over the sanctuary right now? Come on, lift up your hands and lift up your voice right now. Mighty God. Come on, God's spirit is in this house right now. We don't have to wait to the end of the service. God's moving right now. I wonder right now, can you entertain his presence for just a little bit longer right now? Come on, somebody, go ahead, lift up your voice. Lift up your voice in the sanctuary. He's in the room today. He's in the house today. And I tell you today, whatever you need is in the house of God. You've come to the right place tonight. You may have wondered why you're even here. But can I tell you today, everything that you've been looking for is right here in the presence of God. Does anybody believe that in the sanctuary today? Oh, praise God. Praise God. I love what I feel in the presence of the Lord today. Praise God. Praise God. Proverbs chapter 5, Proverbs chapter 5, while you're turning there, let me say what an honor it is to be in this house. Is anybody thankful to be here tonight? Amen. Amen. What a sweet spirit is in this house. What an honor it is to be here. I'm glad my wife was able to travel with me. Um, praise God. Amen. I think the last time I was here, they were all at home. My kids are at home. So pray for my wife tonight. She looks a little bit lost. She's used to having three kids with her. So, no, we're, we're thankful to be in the house of the Lord, missing my babies tonight. But I come with a word on my heart in the sanctuary. Is anybody thankful for your pastor, your man of God, your youth pastor, all those that are responsible for you to be here tonight, your mom and dad? Praise God. Praise God. It's a blessed place to be on a Friday night. And I tell somebody, there's no place like the church. There's no place like the church. Praise God. I give honor to Pastor Hood and his wife. Anybody thankful for them for putting this on tonight? Amen. Great, great friends of ours. They're doing an incredible work here in Carson City. We've had the privilege of being here before and Look what the Lord has done. God's moving in this place, and you don't have to be around somewhere long to know God's doing work in the city. So glad to see all of the people that I know and all of the people that I recognize here, a lot of friends, a lot of people that, uh, that I honor and, and, and uh, labor with in the kingdom of God, and I'm glad you're here tonight. Without further ado, let's get right into the word of God tonight. Proverbs chapter 5. Proverbs chapter 5. We'll begin reading in verse 21. When you got it, say amen. amen. If you're looking for it, say wait on me. Amen. Proverbs chapter 5, verse 21. The Bible says, For the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he pondereth all his goings. His own iniquities shall take the wicked himself, and he shall be holden with the cords of his sins. Bible says he shall die without instruction, and in the greatness of his folly, 
he shall go astray. I understand where I'm standing today. I understand the expectation of a youth rally on a Friday night, the energy of a youth rally on a Friday night. But I understand even more that I've got to be obedient to God. Amen. Sometimes we don't get to preach what we want to preach. Most times we don't get to preach what we want to preach. But I'd rather be obedient because I've learned that if I'm obedient to God, that he'll send his people a word. And I believe I've got a word for the house today. Did anybody come to receive the word of God today? Did anybody come with the expectation that God's got a word for you today? That God's going to speak to your situation. That God's going to help somebody in the sanctuary. Amen. I have prayed, sought God, fasted for this meeting, and God landed me here. And so tonight, I want to preach in this sanctuary, don't die without instruction. Don't die without instruction. I wonder, can we put our Bibles down all over this house? And I wonder, can you lift up your hands and lift up your voice? I wonder, can we pray? I need somebody to help me touch God tonight. Lift up your voice right now. Mighty God, we need you in the sanctuary. God, help us, oh God. God, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, let it be acceptable in your sight. Jesus, we need you. God, we can't do this without you, God. We need a word from you tonight, oh God. God, help us in the sanctuary, God. Come on, somebody help me pray right now. Somebody lift up your voice right now. Somebody cry out to heaven in the sanctuary. Oh God, we magnify you. Oh, we won't hesitate to give you the praise. Somebody clap your hands all over the house. Praise God. Praise God. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Don't die without instruction. Solomon was the son of David, and he was chosen as the third king of Israel. And after he was chosen king, the Lord appeared to him in a dream. And he asked him the question, Solomon, what do you want? What is it that I should give you? And Solomon responded, I'm only a child. I don't know how to go in and come out among the people. He said, God, but if you'll give me understanding, if you'll give me an understanding heart, he said, I'll be able to judge the people that you put me in front of. And he said, I'll be okay. And God responded to Solomon and he said, I will give you a wise and an understanding heart. He said, Solomon, I'm going to give you wisdom above all that were before you and above all that are after you and with the wisdom from God the preacher the wise man Solomon the wisest man to ever walk the face of the earth he would begin to pen the book of Proverbs and Proverbs are profound truths and statements about life that are full of meaning the first seven chapters of Proverbs is written as advice from a father to a son and he would talk about the value of wisdom he would give warning against the enticement of sinners he would tell us about the reward for obedience the preacher admonishes us in chapter 1 and verse seven the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge but fools despise wisdom and instruction 
In chapter 2 and verse 6, he says, uh, For the Lord giveth wisdom, out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. In chapter 3, he tells us, Trust in the Lord with all of thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Can I... In chapter 4, he reminds us in verse 7 that wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all of thy getting, make sure you get understanding. And finally, in chapter 5, he begins to cry, and he says, My son, attend unto unto my wisdom, and bow, bow thine ear to my understanding. As he's warning against the spirit of seduction, as he's warring against the spirit of the age, he's talking about what lieth in wait. Can I, my, can I preach to young people tonight and let you know that there is an adversary that's out there lying in the street, and he's trying to wreck your soul. He's... There's an adversary that Solomon is writing about after he's lived all of this time and done all of these things. He began to pin these words because although it was one of his pitfalls and one of the things that made him fall time and time again, it was the spirit of seduction. And I've come to preach to young people on a Friday night and let you know that you got to get wisdom and you got to get understanding and you got to get to the house of God so that you can understand that there are snares that are lying in wait for your soul tonight. <laughs> Chapter 5, he begins to talk to him like a father would to a son. Can I tell somebody as a sidebar tonight that if you don't have a dad, you got to get to the house of God. If you don't have a dad, you got to get to the man of God. You got to find somebody that can stand in the gap and... Solomon begins to write as a father would write or talk, give advice to a son. And if you don't have a dad in this house, you ought to go read the book of Proverbs. See, begin chapter after chapter to let them know, son, you've got to get understanding. Son, you've got to get wisdom. Son, you've got to understand there are some things that want to wreck your soul. I come to tell somebody on a Friday night, and I come to sound the alarm and let you know there are things laying in the street that want to wreck your soul, that want to wreck your purity, that wants to take everything from you. He said, I want, you to, I want you to understand that there are things lying in wait that are coming for your soul as he begins to deal with the spirit that's wrecking a lot of young people today. It's the spirit of seduction. It's the spirit of all of these things that are coming up against young people. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I feel like some people are probably getting a little nervous with me right now. But can I tell you, they hear worse in school. Can I tell you, young people, that there's something that's after your soul. There is a spirit of seduction that's running up and down in high schools, that's running up and down the streets, and it's trying to get you after you step foot out of the church of the living God. It's trying to see. It's asking you the question, do you really believe what you've been listening to? Do you really believe, my God, do you really believe what you've been reading? Do you really believe? And then the... My God. 
The adversary starts to come in the way, in the street, and Solomon is, is telling his son, you got to watch out for that. You got to beware of that. There's going to be some things that try to wreck your soul. It's the spirit that we're fighting, and I find as I travel this country with young people that is picking people off one by one. But I've come to expose the enemy today and let you know you got to get understanding. Young man, you got to get wisdom. Young man, you got to get to the house of God. Young man, you got to hear the word of God. He would tell him about the end of the destruction. as He tells him what would happen if he didn't retain his words the Bible says, for the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he pondereth all of his going. Can I tell a young person here today that there is no escape from the eyes of the Lord? That just because you may be in a dark room, the eyes of the Lord is still in the dark room. Just because you may be in the backseat of a car, the eyes of the Lord still go to the backseat of the car. I come to tell somebody today, I come to preach to somebody in the sanctuary and let you know God's watching us everywhere that we go. He's paying attention to everything that you do. I come to tell somebody that you come to church on Sunday, but you live a different life on Monday. I come to preach to a young person. I'm trying to help you tonight. I'm preaching to somebody that you come to church and you can shout on a Sunday night and on a Friday night, but tomorrow you go back to your ways. God sent me here tonight to let us know we're not going back the way that it was. It's never going to be that way again, but God's going to break something here tonight. But we get in that mindset that just because God, we can't see the eyes of God looking down on us, then we can continue to err in wickedness. But can I tell you today that the eyes of the Lord are on the ways of man. And the Bible says this, that he pondereth all of his going. Can I tell you, you're not just hiding in this world. I understand there's a world of 7.5 or 6 or 7 billion people that are walking the face of the earth, but God still knows your name. God still knows your address. God still knows your bank account number. God knows what school you go to. God knows your mama name. God knows your daddy's name. He knows who you are. David said, what is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou would visit with him. And he's, he's asking the question, God, I'm just a speck on a speck on a speck. God, who am I that your eyes would be upon me? But can I tell you today that you were fearfully and wonderfully made. And you are the apple of his eye. And everywhere you go, God's concerned about it. And everything that you do, God wants to know about it. And when you wake up in the morning. When you wake up in the morning, God's asking a question before your feet even hit the door, the floor. He's asking, will they serve me today? It's today they're going to seek a deeper relationship with me today. Are they going to go to the house of God today? And God's standing back and he's watching his people and he's pondering all of their goings. God's watching us. Look, I don't take that 
as a place to be afraid of God. But I'm so thankful that a God that's so big would care about a wretch like me. I'm so thankful that a God that created the universe would look down on somebody of low esteem. I'm so thankful that the God that made it all that would look down on somebody that comes... My can I tell you today, God's watching you. Don't be afraid of God. Run to God today. He knows where you are. He pondereth all of his going. Every time you take a step, God knows where you are. In the midnight hour, can I preach it this way? In the midnight hour when you don't feel like you can get a hold of God and you think God has forsaken you, God is still there. Can I tell you, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thy are with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they come for me. Can I preach to somebody in the sanctuary? You're never by yourself. You're never alone. But God is walking with you today. Paying attention to everywhere we go, every step that we take. And Solomon's telling a son, metaphorically, he's telling a son, and he's saying, he's letting them know God knows exactly where you are, and he knows where you're going. Can I tell somebody today that it's okay to be apostolic at school? Can I tell you today it's still okay to be apostolic in your neighborhood? Can I preach to somebody today it's still okay to be apostolic everywhere that you go? This is not a Sunday thing. This is not a Wednesday thing. This is not a Friday night youth rally thing. This is a everyday thing. I'm apostolic on Monday. I'm apostolic on Tuesday. I'm apostolic on Wednesday. Everywhere I go, I got to keep God in my sights. And everything that I do, I got to remember that God is watching. But not just hear me today. I want you to get this today. Because when I was younger, it was only I wanted to do right because of who was in the room. If I realized that God was watching me or somebody was watching me, then my behavior would be different because I felt like somebody's eyes were on me. But I come to preach in a generation today that you can be apostolic when nobody's watching. You can be apostolic with my God when you're all by yourself. When you get in the bedroom late at night, you can pull out your Bible. You can still be apostolic. You can still worship God. You can still praise God. he's pondering all of your goings so we don't just do this because we're afraid of God it's never the intention of God that you live in fear but it was the absolute intention of God that you would realize he's a God of grace and of mercy. Can I preach to the fallen in the room tonight? Can I let you know that there's still grace and there's still mercy in the house of God? I don't care how far you've gone. I don't care what you've done. Do I got a witness in the house that knows what it is to fall away? I, I wish I had two people that'll get on board with what I'm preaching right now that won't act saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost right now. But that'll say, I've got some scars. I've got some bruises. I fell down before. So don't be afraid of God. To where you, the only time you want to do good is when you realize that his eyes are on you. 
Don't be afraid of God to the place where you're paralyzed in the church because you only know how to do well when somebody's watching. But I wonder, do I got any young people that say, you know what? I want God with everything that I've got. And I'm going to praise him in the dark places. I'm going to praise him in the secret places. I'm going to praise him like David praised him on the backside of a hill when nobody was watching. I wonder, do I got an apostolic young person that'll give God praise right now, that'll worship right now, that'll magnify right praise God Solomon says his own iniquities shall take the wicked himself and he shall be holden with the cords of his sins he shall die Without instruction, when I read this, I'm telling you, it hit me so hard. I had to get down on my knees to pray when the Bible said he shall die without instruction. That means to die without warning. That means to die without anybody being able to let him know that he's about to die or that there's doom in the way. And when I read that, it leaped off the page to me. The thought came to my mind, God, I don't want to die like that. God, I don't want to die without instruction in my life. I don't want to die like that, God. And I begin to pray, and God started burying this in my spirit. Can I tell somebody, don't die without instruction? Can I tell you today that instruction is warning or correction or doctrine? And God created ways to have instruction in your life. He gave us the word of God. Is anybody thankful for the word that's forever established in the heaven? Come on, heaven and earth shall pass away, but not my word. Can I tell you, today you can stand on the word of God. The word of God is sure. The word of God is stable. The word of God always stands. He gave us the word of God so we can have instruction in our life. He gave us the house of God. He gave us a place to come in out of the coal. He gave us a place where our life was a wreck and everything was going haywire in our world. But the day that I found the church of the living God, I wonder can anybody testify right now and give God praise that you found the church? Is anybody still thankful for the church today? It was when we got to the church that we started walking right. It was when we got to the church that we started talking right. Look, I come from a long line of alcoholics. My granddad was an alcoholic. He started drinking when he was about 12 years old. My dad started drinking at 13, and they just did that. It was just normal to live that life. It was normal to, to, to go to work uh, already drunk, just a functional alcoholic. He would walk around and you couldn't even tell he was drunk. He would be drunk. He would come in the house. He would play with his kids and do everything like everything was normal. But he was desperately and hopelessly addicted to the bottle. Can I tell you today? But the day that he came to the house of God, when he walked to an apostolic altar and he lifted up his hands and he repented of his sins and God filled him with the gift of the Holy Ghost and he was baptized in the only saving name. Can I tell you that he's never been the same? 
Hey, I come to tell somebody struggling with addiction, God can still break it today. I come to tell somebody, God's not afraid of your addiction. God's not afraid of your problem, but God's here to break every chain. But it was when we found the house of God. It was when we found a place that we can come in and we can see people that were walking right and that were talking right and that were living right and that were going in places that we needed to go. I remember when everything changed. I remember when we were introduced to the house of God. The house of God started to give some instruction in my life. The house of God started to set things right side up. The house of God started to show me some things that were in the middle of my dark world. The house of God started to turn the lights on for me. We were walking in sin and we were walking in darkness. But I thank God. I thank God for the house of God. I thank God for the church. I thank God for a place like this where you can be healed, where you can be restored, where you can be set free today. Finally, he gave us a man of God. A preacher to declare what thus saith the word of God. But can I tell you what's happening today? The spirit of the age is at work today. And there is a pressure against authority right now. There's an all-out attack against those that are in authority. There's an all-out attack against parents right now. There's an all-out attack against the pulpit right now. There's an all-out attack against the man of God right now. And the spirit of the age is giving it pressure and is pushing up against the pulpit right now. And is pushing up against the man of God right now. There is a pressure to conform. There's a pressure to tone it down. There's a pressure to, to keep it down a little bit. The music a little bit too loud. There's a pressure for the preacher to stop preaching as hard as he's preaching. There's a pressure right now. And the spirit of the age is moving. And it's trying to see how far it can push us out of, of the norm and out of the, 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 the place of having good church and, and living for God and doing the things that we do. Because the spirit of the age wants everything to calm down. And it starts to push up against the church. And the saints of God start to feel it. In the book of Daniel, he said he's going to wear out the saints. All transparency. Anybody feeling weary in this day? There's a pressure to live the life that you live. There's a pressure to walk in the school that you walk in and, and uh, uh, retain your integrity. There is a pressure right now to turn down this lifestyle and to live like everybody else. But I've come to make take say, uh, I've come to declare in the sanctuary today that we won't be quiet, that we won't sit still, that the church is not going to stop. But he's pressing up against the pulpit and he's pushing up against preachers 
anybody that would stand and declare the word of God, the truth of the word of God, there's an all-out attack that says you got to keep that down and you've got to be quiet and you don't need to preach it like that. And the pressure comes from the outside and is pushing up against the church. Young people feel the pressure to conform to the world. You walk in your high school and you're trying to live for God and do the best that you can and be the apostolic that God's called you to be. But everybody's saying, you know what, you don't have to walk like that. Why do you have to talk like that? Why do you have to live that way? Can you just be like me? Can you just be like us? If you put that down, your walk would be a little bit easier. But I come to tell somebody that today is not the day for the church to close the doors. Today is not the day for us to be quiet. Today is not the day. Can I tell you today we're the only hope but the adversary is pushing and we live in a dark world and as the beacon of light in the city and in the world everything inhales power to shut out that light he's trying to do right now He's putting the church through everything. He's trying to make us quit. He's trying to make us stop. He wants the man of God to sit down. He wants the man of God to shut up. He wants the man of God to stop preaching it like that. You don't have to say it like that. Why don't you just say it nicely? You don't have to preach it like that, brotherhood. Why don't my but if there was ever a day that the church had to stand up and be the church, today is that day. If there was ever an hour that the world desperately needs somebody that'll speak truth, somebody that'll declare, today is that day. And so there's pressure from the outside. And the man of God will fight the pressure on the outside. He's ready for the pressure to come from the outside. He's waiting on the adversary. It's like if you know somebody's coming to break in your house, you'll be standing there with a the baseball bat. I would have said something different if I was in Alabama. but Okay, okay, cool. Got to check, check where I'm at. Where am I? I thought I was in California for you. But in the church in Birmingham, I can't tell you how many guns are inside the church. But if you knew he was coming to steal from you that night, every man that was worth his salt would be waiting for him at the door. And so your man of God, can I preach this on a Friday night at a youth conference? Your man of God stands at the door with a sword. And he's ready for the war that's coming from the outside. He's standing in the gap. Let me tell you something, young people. You do not want a man of God that'll run when the wolf comes. But you want a man of God that'll stand up and say, bring it on. If God is for me, then who can be against me? Greater is he that... But the spirit of the age... He's getting clever. The spirit of the age is looking for the weak links in the church. He's looking for young people that are not sold out. 
He's looking for young people that say, you know what, I don't know if I want to live like that. He's looking for young people that'll say, you know what, it doesn't take all of that. He's looking for young people that won't stand and declare the truth. He's trying, my God, the spirit of the age, he's trying to find a back door to get inside of the church. And I'm afraid he might have made his way in. And so the greatest adversary is not the enemy that comes from without. But the greatest adversary is the enemy that will come from within. The man of God will stand at the door. I want a young person to hear me today. The man of God will stand at the door and he'll hold up the sword. But he's not expecting young people that he's poured his life into and he's poured his heart into service after service to come on the backside of him and start pushing up against him from behind saying, Pastor, can you sit down? Pastor, you don't have to preach it that hard. Pastor, can you stop? Pastor, can my And there is a chafing against the word of God. Because the spirit of the age has got inside of the church and in the hearts and minds of young people. And he's starting to say, you know what? We're saying the same thing that the adversary is saying. And all the pressure from the outside is saying, you can just sit down. Do we have to do it this hard? Do we have to go this way? Do we have to walk it like this? And now as the man of God stands with the sword at the door. And he's facing pressure from the outside. There's another pressure that says come down coming from the inside. Book of Psalms 55 and 12. David lamented and he said. If it would have been my enemy. He said I could have borne it. He said but it was my friend. He said, the one that I walk to the house of God with, the one that I preach to service after service, the one that I poured my heart in every single service and every single day, when your pastor gets down on his knees and he prays for your soul, you say, you know what? It doesn't take all of that. I don't need all of that. He said, man, if it was my enemy, I would have hid myself. He said, but it was somebody I went to the house of God with. It was a young person that I poured hour after hour in. And now the young people are saying, you know what? As the spirit of the age begin to creep in, they're saying, can we just sit down? Can we just stop pushing as hard as we're pushing? I'm preaching to somebody tonight. Can we just stop doing it the way that we do it? But I come to declare that if there was ever a day for you to stand with your man of God, today is that day. If there was ever an hour for you to stand with the man of God, today. There was ever a world for young people to stand and say, preach it to me, preacher, and don't hold back. Today is that day. So the spirit of the age is at work against the church. So you've got the spiritual pressure of walking in this day. And declaring timeless truths of the spirit of the age that will come against the man of God. But then you've got political pressure that will push up against the man of God. 
And when they start passing laws and litigation that says that you got to close up the pulpit because of what you're preaching. Can I tell you we're headed there? Then the man of God, can I tell you today, are you aware of the day that we're living in? Where preachers are getting put in jail for trying to help people and save their lives. And there's a day coming when they say you can't preach it like that. You can't say it like that. You can preach this part of the word, but not that part of the word. Can I tell you, your man of God may be put in jail, but I wonder if I got a young person that'll say, even if my man of God has to go to jail, we're still going to preach, hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. We're still going to preach, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. I wonder if I got a young person in the house that'll stand up on a Friday night and say, you still got to get the Holy Ghost. You still got to be baptized in Jesus' name. You still got to repent of your You got to have an attitude in your spirit that says this voice will not be silenced. You got to be ready and willing. Can I tell you today? It doesn't matter if you've ever preached or not. You got to have a word in your mouth and you got to get the spirit of God and the scriptures down on the inside so that when they come for the man of God, you can stand and say, we're still going to have church. We're still going to declare. We're still going to preach today. So this attack comes from every angle. And now the man of God is fighting from every angle. And he's having to deal with all of the attacks of the spirit of the age, of everything that, that the enemy is throwing at him. But his ultimate concern and his ultimate objective is to stop the work of the living God. But what he wants to do today, I want to hip you to what Satan is up to. The Bible says, be not ignorant of his devices. Can I tell you what Satan's really trying to do is he's trying to put a wedge between the pulpit and the young people. He's trying to put a wedge that says your man of God doesn't understand the day that you're living in. Your man of God is old and outdated, and he doesn't understand what you're going through. He's trying to put a wedge between you and instruction. He's trying to put a wedge between you and warning against an evil way. He's trying to get you off. My God, I feel like preaching tonight. He's trying to get you off to the side somewhere all by yourself. And he wants to separate you from the pack because he wants to get you away from your man of God. But today is the day that we tether to the man of God. That we say we're going to stand when the preaching is going forward. We're going to say, preach it, pastor. We need to hear it. I've got to have instruction. trick of the enemy to divide because once he gets you separated then he can continue to feed you lies but today is the day that you got to stay close to the house of God and stay close to the word of God and stay close to the man of God today is the day where you say I don't want to die without instruction in my life I don't want to die without a man of God I don't want to die with And as this attitude begins to creep into the church, 
and into the minds and the hearts of young people, they start to say, I don't need this anymore. I don't need a preacher anymore. I don't need the church anymore. I don't need the word of God anymore. And they start pushing away from instruction. And they start to dismiss the preachers and the teachers in their lives. And they start to say, you know what? I'm just going to do it my own way. I'm going to walk in the way that I want to walk. I'm going to live life the way that I want to live it. It's the prodigal son. The prodigal son says, you know what? Give me my inheritance. He said, I'm out of here. Thank you for everything that you did, but I don't need you anymore. I don't need instruction in my life. I'm dismissing instruction in my life. I'm walking in my own way. I'm my God. And it's the prodigal son. It's the prodigal son that all of his money runs out. And when all of his money, can I tell you today that if you walk away from the church of the living God, there's going to be a day that you are found wanting and you're looking for answers and you're looking for hope and you're looking for truth and you're desperately trying to find instruction in your life. But the prodigal son runs out of everything and he's trying to find his way. The prodigal son has dismissed teachers in his life. He's dismissed instruction in his life. He's dismissed all of these things in his life because another word that instruction means is instruction means to bind. Instructions means that that, that I'm going to be bound to something, but we live in a day where people don't want to be bound from any, for about anything. And so the prodigal says, you know what? I'm dismissing instruction in my life. And no, he's no longer bound to the instruction of the man or the king that's in his life. But can I tell you, young people, that you're going to be bound to something. When you drop the bounds of a man of God and you drop the bounds of the word of God and you drop the bounds of the church of the living God, then you're just picking up something else and you're going to be bound to something. In the verse that I read in your hearing, he said his own iniquities. He said he shall be holden or held by the cords of his sin. And so he dropped instruction in his life, but he started letting his sins take the lead. And nobody in their right mind, I want you to hear me today, young people. Nobody in their right mind wants to go and eat in the pig pen. But when you, when you drop instruction in your life and you drop the, the voice of the man of God in your life and you separate yourself from the church of the living God, then you start to be bound to your sins and you get hooked up to sin and sin starts dragging you everywhere that it wants you to go and you wonder how did I get this far away from the house of God and how did I get this far away from the man of God? It, They say sin will take you places that you didn't want to go. And it'll keep you longer than you want to stay. Can I tell you, if you're not bound to the word of God, then you are bound to your sin. Can I tell you, your sins will take you wherever they want to take you. I come to preach to a young person today and let you know that your sins are dragging you all over the place. And you say, you know what, I want to I go back to the house of God. 
and I want to do the things that I want to do. But you've been so hopelessly addicted that your sins say, no, we're not going that way. We're not moving in that direction anymore. And we're going to keep on going the way that we want you to go. And the addiction is so strong because you've got so far from the house of God that you're still bound to your sin. And sin starts taking control of your life like you are its slave. But you have forfeited your own decisions to sin. And sin says, nope, we're going to pull you as far away from the house of God as we can go. We're going to take you as far away from instruction that we can get you. You want to go back, but sin says, no, you're going to stay here and you're going to walk in the way that I want you to walk. I come to declare to a young person today, don't you die without instruction. Don't you die where your sins are taking a lead. Don't you die like that. the prodigal son when you leave God you don't get to choose if you can make it back to the house of God. let me tell you something we live in a fragile world and with young people I was the same way I felt like I'm gonna live forever and time is just gonna continue and I'm gonna be young forever and I'm going to do all the things that I want to do. And at the end of the day, then I'm going to get it right with God. But one day God got a hold of me. I was sitting in a service and the man of God said, you know what? He said, if you leave this house and you're not baptized in Jesus name and you die, he said, I don't know where you're going to go. In my mind, I started thinking, I can't leave this house in the state that I'm in. I'm bound to my sin. I'm bound to living a life towards the world. But I want to turn around today. I come to declare in the sanctuary today that you got to get it right right now that you got to make a decision right now that I'm going to walk after truth that I'm going to obey instruction that I'm going to listen to the word of God and sin drags the prodigal to the pig pen he's sitting in the pig pen and he starts to look back over his and he starts to remember the father's house. And he starts to remember, man, if I could just get to the father's house, even the higher servants eating better than I'm eating. I got to get myself away from this sin. I got to get myself out of the grips of my sin. And something started happening to the prodigal son. Something started happening as he said, you know what? I'm tired of living the way that I'm living. And I'm tired of my sin taking the lead. I'm going to cut the ropes of my sin. And I'm going to walk back to instruction. I'm going to cut the ropes of my sin. And I'm going to follow after the man of God. And what happens when you cut the ropes of your sin? Because you got to be bound by something, right? When you say, I'm sick of living the way that I'm living. And I'm tired of going through the motions of life and I don't have the answers and I don't have instruction in my life and I don't know which way to go. I'm telling you, when you live a life without instruction, you walk in darkness. 
you might as well put a blindfold over your eyes because you don't know which way to go. Because, my God, my God, when you walk without instruction, the lights are turned off. But when you cut the cords of your sins, then the lights turn back on and you start to bind yourself to something greater. You say, I want to be bound to instruction. I want to be bound to the man of God. I want to be bound to truth today. I come to tell somebody today, it's time to cut the cords of sin. Here's what the enemy is trying to do. Hear me today. Ezekiel chapter 33. Bible says he set a watchman. When he set that watchman, he said, your job is this. He said, you're going to stand above all the people. He said, and if a sword comes up against the land, he said, you better blow the trumpet. Can I tell you what happens when, you, when you're without instruction? The Bible says, in the greatness of your folly, like the prodigal, your sins will take you astray. And you'll be so far from the house of God that when the watchman sounds the alarm, you won't be able to hear the sound of the alarm. I come to declare to a generation that you've got so far away that you can't even hear that doom is coming to your life. I come to tell a generation that you've got so far away that you don't even know when danger is coming up against the world. I come to tell you today that you got to get back close enough to hear instruction in your life and you got to get back to the house of God where you can hear the sound of the alarm. I don't want to die without instruction in my life. I don't want to die in an in-between place where I'm so far away from the things of God that when they sound the alarm, I can't even hear the sound of the alarm. Come on, I'm not being melodramatic tonight. I'm telling you what's real. The enemy is trying to pull you so far away from the sound that you don't even hear the danger that's coming to your life. But I wonder if I got a young person that say, I want to be bound to instruction. I want to be bound to a man of God. I want to be bound to the house of God. We live in a day full of pride and ego that says I can do this all by myself. You start pushing away from instruction. You start saying, I'm going to walk in my own way. I'm going to live it my own way. I'm going to do my own thing. Can I tell you, you got to get so close to instruction today that you have some direction and some light in your life. Can I tell you, when you hook up to the word of God, he said it's a lamp into your feet and a light into your path. Can I tell you today that if you hear instruction today, then you won't die out there in the wilderness trying to find your way with your eyes closed because you can't see what's in front of you, but you'll turn the lights on in your world and you'll start following after instruction. I want somebody to hear me today. Don't you die without instruction instruction don't you die without the church don't you die without the man of God don't you die I'm 34 years old 
my mom tethered me to this church. You know, we didn't have a lot of money. We come from a rough situation. We come from, I grew up in the hood. I grew up with gunshots firing over my head and, and gangs and all of that type of stuff. And so I didn't have, she didn't have much to her name. But my mom passed in 2014. And the best thing that she could have ever done for me is connect me to instruction in my life. Can I tell you today, my kids will never have to go through what I went through as a young person because I've got instruction in my life. My family tree has changed because i got instruction in my life. Everything about my life. But the enemy knows how to get us. Because when you start doing some things and start having a little bit of success in your life, then you start to say, you know what, I might be able to do this my own way. But at 34 years old, I'm here to tell you today that I'm going to connect to instruction in my life. It doesn't matter where I am or how high I go. i got to have a man of God that will preach the word to me. I've got to have a man of God that will say, you need to turn this way. i got to have a man of God that will preach the sin out of my life. Brother Prado said it this way. He said, if the devil can't put you down, he'll lift you up. I'll never forget it. He'll lift you up in pride. And he'll let you have a little bit of success in your life. Because ultimately, it doesn't matter. Can I tell you today? The devil doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to the enemy. If he loses a battle today, as long as he knows he can win the war. Can I tell you today that he, you may beat him today, but he's coming back tomorrow. That's why I know I got instruction today. But there's an adversary tomorrow that's going to be standing there again. And I got to get back to instruction. I got to get back to the word of God. I've got to get back to a man of God stand with me all over this building praise God there has to be an attitude in the minds of young people tonight that say I'm pushing back against my own pride and I'm pushing back against I can do this all by myself. And I'm pushing back against my pastor doesn't understand me. Or he doesn't understand the world that I'm living in. Or he's not living in my skin. I'm telling you, you got to push back against that stuff. It is the trick of the enemy that he would disconnect generations and disconnect the pulpit from the pew but today I believe I've got a generation of young people that'll defy that and that'll stand up and say I want to have instruction in my life I gotta have a man in my life I gotta have a church can we lift our hands and pray right all over his house come on somebody lift up your voice right now believe the Holy Ghost is in this house right now. Oh, I come to tell somebody you can make it back. You can get back to instruction tonight. You can make it back in the graces of God tonight. He's a God of grace. He's a God of mercy. He's a God that knows exactly where you are. Come on, lift up your voice in the sanctuary right now. Come on, somebody pray all over this house.
Come on, pray all over the sanctuary. We're going to push a little bit right now. I know it may be uncomfortable for some, but I wonder, can we push a little bit deeper tonight? I wonder, can we go a little bit further? I've got more to preach, but it's not time. I want you to go ahead and push just a little bit more. Come on, tonight is the night that you make a declaration that says, though everything is trying to separate me from instruction, I'm going to cling to it tonight. I'm going to get myself tied back to the man of God. I'm going to get myself bound to the word of God. I'm going to go and cling to the house of God tonight. I wonder, can you pray all over this house? These altars are open right now. I wonder, can somebody come and pray in the sanctuary? God's moving in this house. God's working on the hearts of young people right now. Come and pray right now. Come on, if you need the Holy Ghost tonight, tonight is your night. If you need to be baptized in Jesus' name, we can do it tonight. That'll be the start of instruction in your life. Come on, I wonder, can we lift our hands all over the sanctuary? I wonder, can we press a little bit deeper right now? God wants to break some cords tonight. God wants to cut the ropes tonight. God wants to separate you from your sin tonight. I need the ministry to come and help me pray right now. God's working in the sanctuary. God's moving right now. God's connecting us back together with instruction. I need the church to pray right now. God's going to fill somebody with the Holy Ghost in this atmosphere. Surely come to pass. 
Come on, push a little bit deeper tonight. Oh, 